So we're talking today about corporate prayer. And I thought it would be great just to hear uh, another church's experience of praying together, of what it means to have a corporate prayer time and uh, what God is doing. So, Sergey, yay! I will not burn your Bible. <laughs> I would like to thank all of you again. Thank you very much for your real hospitality. We would like to thank David and Jackie especially. I, this time... Uh, when we came here, I keep calling them my English parents. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, I would like to thank Dom and Liz uh, that you invited us here, allowed us to be here with you. And actually, I've been waiting for this for because I've known this man for 28 years. He has played an important role in my destiny, in my life. I became a Christian when I was 15. It was on the 9th of May, 1990. So this year it will be 30 years since I became a Christian. But if you want to know how much God loves me, look at my wife. <laughs> but if you want to see the Lord, how, how beautiful He is, how, how much diversity is in Him, look at each other. <laughs> That's how beautiful he is and diverse. So now uh, a few words about prayer, corporate prayer. Uh, you, uh, I think all of you uh, remember this beautiful story from um, the book of Acts 12, uh, verse 5. <laughs> there are different kinds of prayers. Personal prayer. <laughs> Just an example. Примерчик. Just an example. Друг за друга. Prayer for each other. A few friends praying for each other. And <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't speak English very well. I have my little and corporate prayer. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> I don't have to say anything. <laughs> Yesterday we had a great party, the, the social. It was a lot of fun for all of us, all of you. And we had so much fun and it was very comfortable for us with you. And some of you even received a little present for me. I showed you some card tricks. <laughs> And um, parties are good, but it's important to pray together too. And let's see what, what it says in Acts 12, 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. And then you remember the rest of the story, you remember what happened to him. The angels came, set him free. But it happened when the church prayed for him. And I can give you an example from uh, our church life. In a long ago, in 1991, maybe some of you remember from history books that something happened in Russia, there was uh, a coup uh, and some political changes happened in our country. And all of us uh, friends, Christians, we met in our pastor's uh, flat and we saw the news. Uh, we saw it on the news that there was a general uh, who gave the order to the, to the army, to the military forces to walk uh, to Moscow, to, uh, to come to the center of Moscow to the places where the government are, uh, government is. But we knew that they, if they do it, it will be a, a civil war, many people will die, it will be horrible. So there were different prayer groups, but we were all together. It was at the same time. We started to pray right away. And even while we pray, we were praying um, on TV, we, we saw CNN news. And uh, we hear a different news. Uh, that some, somehow, for some unknown reason, that general uh, decided not to do it. He said, we're, we're not... Uh, attacking Moscow. And so for us it was a quick answer to our prayers. Because you can imagine how important it is. Tanks, war, it's, it's not good. 
It would only cause unnecessary suffering and death. And, and we were so grateful that this whole political thing, it, it lasted for about three days. It wasn't all that bad. And after that, some political changes happened. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Sergei. It was a great example uh, of what... And we're going to go back to that in a minute. So, thank you so much. I'm sure that you, you realize that he's just touched the, the surface of a huge iceberg of prayer answering that's been going on in Russia through the years since then. And, um, you know, we, I think it'd be good now just to pray for them. Well, I, I just ask for the country of Russia, the state of Russia. Yeah. Well, I ask for revival. Mm. Oh, God, you should pray for revival. Turn the heart to me. Lord, what was seen in the 90s being repeated things, but even more, hugely, <laughs> than the work you were doing. Lord, we, we pray for more more from your hand than they to bless that country to draw it closer to you. Mm. Lord, you love everyone in the world, every nation under the sun is yours. And we pray that Russia will find its destiny in you, will not in men. In Jesus' name. Amen. When I was young, <laughs> yeah, I was so much younger than today. When I was young, um, in the youth group, we used to pray corporately. This was praying together. We'd sit in a big circle and we'd pray round the circle. You done that? Yeah. So one person would pray after another. Of course, the person who was scared of praying out loud would nudge the next person. And so you, there, there'd be a miss, missing link, you know, they'd miss that one out, and then on you go. Sometimes there was a lot of nudging <laughs> going on. So not a lot of corporate prayer actually happened in those circumstances, because there were a lot of people who wouldn't do it. But of course, the idea was that by sitting in a circle and getting, the, you know, round one by one, <clears throat> that you learned to pray out loud. For things. Of course, in the, in the biblical times, people prayed, prayed out loud as normal. That was just normal. It's not normal here. You know, someone was, um, I guess, Caroline, she was saying at the conference about an event that happened on a train and how, you know, the whole carriage is watching. <laughs> not British. Oh no. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this, is, this was a, a way of introducing people to what was normal in biblical times. You know, you remember Paul said, lifting up, I want all men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer. And speak out loud. Pray out loud. You pray out loud. <laughs> and of course, for us, that sometimes is difficult when we're not used to it, but I can recommend that you get used to it. Get used to it, because it's a huge blessing to you. We didn't pray very much out loud when we were praying for the Russians just now. 
it was more sort of murmuring. So I'm going to encourage you later, we're going to have a practical, uh, whereby we would all pray again, but we're going to pray out loudly. Shout to the Lord. People are looking really worried about this. <laughs> later on, much later on in my life, I've become a full-time guy in the church, and uh, in those days we used to go to an event called prayer and fasting. And prayer and fasting in those days was actually three days, and um, you know, it was long, and there were no meals, and we as, as full-time ministers in the churches in New Frontiers would get together, and initially, when I first joined that group, we would sit in a big circle and pray. Like a new group. I mean, no nudging was allowed. <laughs> and so we'd all pray. Now, of course, when you get a group of leaders together, and you set them off praying, some leaders can pray for a very long time. And so you sit and listen to these prayers. Well, there was one guy, I timed him once at 15 minutes <laughs> of praying. Now, in this context, of course, you sat in a, in a circle. On this particular occasion that I'm going to tell you about, I was sat next to Terry Virgo. Now, if you don't know who Terry Virgo is, he was the big, big apostle of those days. He, I mean, he was superhero to me. I've been in his own church uh, for several years and uh, I knew him well and he was a big hero to me. He changed my life actually in terms of who we are as a family and our biblical understanding. He's, he's just an extraordinary man. Anyway, so I'm next to this super, super Christian and the prayer is going on, I'm on, and on. And you know in those days when you sat on seats, you didn't stand to pray, you sat on seats and you have your elbows on your knees. And when you fall asleep, <laughs> what happens is that your elbow falls off your thigh and your head drops dramatically fast. And you wake up because you've gone <laughs> and so on this occasion that's what happened to me you know the room was warm someone was droning on no food desperate for a cup of tea and off I went this is not successful prayer some years later, one of our leaders went, New Frontier Church leaders, went off to South Korea and uh, went to Yongin Cho's church, which uh, very, very, very large church. And he came back absolutely fired up about, not about evangelism or something like that, which we half expected, but he came back really, really fired up about praying together that what he felt he'd gone all the way around the world to see and hear from God was the power of praying together. 
And he came back so, so uh, enthused about this book, praying together, out loud together. What? You mean I don't sit and listen to someone else? No. You don't sit and listen to someone Well, you might hear them as you're praying, but you pray as they pray. And we pray with enthusiasm. What? Enthusiasm? Yeah, we pray with enthusiasm and joy and delight. And so he got us praying out loud. Shout at them to keep going. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, he said, quoting scripture. And he shout at us. Keep going, keep going, come on. You'll break through. And you know what we think we broke through? Suddenly it became normal, natural. Stop listening to other people. I'm praying myself. Out loud. For five minutes. Ten minutes. A quarter of an hour. And he shouts subjects at me. Keep you going. And we pray for a long time. I think, to be honest, uh, even in the Frontier's leaders, we've been lost. Uh, some of the dynamic of that over the years, we've got, a, we've got a little bit more British again. But we still pray out loud, and we still pray enthusiastically. Corporate prayer is a powerful thing. In Acts chapter 1, what kind of fun I got? Oh dear. Right. Um, I'll just tell the story. So in Acts chapter 1, Jesus ascends into heaven. There's all the disciples around. Everyone's been talking to him. He's been explaining things. He said, wait, 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 Jerusalem, until you receive the Holy Spirit. And they're going, oh. And they're listening to this. And then he is taken from them. Up he goes. Into the sky and into the dimensions of God and out of our dimension. And you can imagine, as the story goes on, you know, they're, they're, yes, they're amazed. And they stand there. Ah, what's happening? Whoa, no one warned us. <laughs> it was going to be like this. When Jesus comes again, you know, it's going to come in like manner. No one will warn you how he's going to come. I bet it will surprise some of us Christians how he comes. I have no idea how it will be. But I know it will be glorious and the trumpet will sound and all that stuff and the whole world will see it once and it won't be on the telly. Because the telly will suddenly become irrelevant. So they are there and then back to Jerusalem they go in obedience. I wonder how they talked on the way back. I wonder what they said to each other on the way back. And when they got back they gathered together to pray. And it says in Acts chapter 1, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Okay? And they were waiting for the unknown. 
It was unknown what was to come to them. We know now because we read it in the Bible. But for them, they had no idea what this Holy Spirit event was going to be like. All they knew was they'd been called to stay and receive. Stay and they stayed and received when they didn't have any option actually when it came. But they didn't know. But they prayed and they prayed day after day after day. Isn't that interesting? Waiting together. Jesus' family, his family, his mother, his brothers, and actually the translation should be brothers and sisters. His whole family gathered in this room. All, his, all the disciples, even the ones who've gone down to Emmaus and gone back again, they would have been there. Cleopas would have been there with whoever it was, because it was like. So they'll all be there praying together with one accord. They devoted themselves to prayer. Do you know prayer is devotion? It's hard work, isn't it? Anyone here think prayer is easy? It's hard work to pray. We have to concentrate. We're not used to that. We're used to things being funny in our face, from our television, from our phone, from our computer screen. But we have to work at this. So it's hard work. So they devoted themselves to prayer. It's hard work, but it is fruitful. In your spirit, in your mind, you receive as you pray. You receive as you pray. You receive the fruitfulness of communicating with the Lord. The conversation that you have with God will do you good. <coughs> Did you know that? Every time you pray, it will do you good. Individually, but especially corporately. It will do you good to pray together with others. They found out that praying together with others was doing them Good, because it was leading them to pray, God's will be done on earth. So together, they were agreeing together, God's will be done on earth. Lord, we don't know what it is that's coming, but God, will you bring it on? We don't know what it's going to look like, but Lord, do it, please. We don't understand what it's going to mean. They didn't realize this was the birth of the church, the bride of Christ. What a privilege to be in at the beginning of that, you know? People say to me at these conferences, like we've just been on at Resonate and the one before the European Leaders Conference, people come up to me and they say, you know, when they find out that I go back to the beginning of New Frontiers, they say to me, oh, must have been wonderful to be in at the beginning do you know we can be in at the beginning of what God is going to do tomorrow and the weeks after and the years after and the decades after. We can be in at the beginning of the work of God tomorrow. We can be praying at the beginning. 
We don't know what's to come sometimes. Sometimes we pray for specifics. They will be praying for this specific, the, the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I don't know what it is, but it's going to happen. God has this plan for us. And so they're praying into the plan of God that will come in the future. Do you want to be in on the next phase of what God is doing in this church? Well, let's pray together. I want to say more, but we've got to move on. So the second, uh, the second lot is Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 4, you may remember that they were speaking to the people and the priests and the captains of the temple with Sadducees came upon them and uh, greatly annoyed, <laughs> they arrested them. And... Uh, When they were released, in chapter 4, verse 23, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them, which was basically, shut up. Don't do this. Desist. Or else more trouble will come upon you. That was basically what they were saying. And so uh, they came to their friends, reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them, and when they'd heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, and so on. They pray on. Then you can read that in Acts chapter 4. And um, they prayed together. When they heard the news, it's a bit like what Sergei just shared with us. When they heard the news, it wasn't on CNN or RT or even the BBC. But it was the news that they heard. When they heard the news, they prayed together. There's a power in praying together. When you hear the news, when you hear the threat to the church, the threats to the church in other countries are very real. The threats to the church in this country are much more subtle, but they're there. When they heard the threats, they said, Sovereign Lord! And what happened? As they prayed together, oh, well, actually, it says, um, verse 31, when they had prayed, when they had prayed, they prayed together until they felt, okay, we've done that, it's time to stop now, have a cup of tea. Okay? Let's be real. There's no extra holiness in carrying on beyond that which you need to do. But so they prayed. They prayed their hearts out. They, they shouted, God, oh, sovereign Lord, listen to their threats. And move in power. And when the praying finished, instead of a cup of tea, they were filled again with the Holy Spirit. Instead of a cup of tea, the building started to shake like an earthquake. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and boldness. And what had they prayed? Oh, sovereign God, listen to their threats and give us boldness. And the response was that they were given boldness. You know, God answers corporate prayer in this way. 
And we're, you know, I, I feel sometimes I'm not, you're not, we're not anywhere near Acts 4, are we? We don't respond in this way. We're slow, we're lethargic, we're sleepy. But when we come together, we can pray together with power and passion. Let's do it, folks. We've got some dates coming up in April to pray together again. We're going to have three nights of praying together. Let's do it. Let's pray with passion. Let's ask God, fill this church, Lord, with people who are bold for you. I want to be bold for you. Come to me. Let's be bold together. Who knows where it will lead? Who knows what God has in store for us? But let's do it. Let's be together to discover whether God will shake the building we're in. What, really? Yeah, really. It's possible, isn't it? Isn't God king of the world? Isn't his power amazing? You know, they found a black hole this week that is exploding. They, well, this week, it's, all the research has been published this week about this black hole exploding. And uh, what's happening in the universe? So far away from us that it would take light several million years to get there. I don't know how they work these things out. Don't ask me. And this is so wide you can fit 28 Milky Ways in this explosive area. 28 Milky Ways. That's not 28 chocolate bars. That's 28 galaxies. Brilliant, brilliant. Oh, Mars, Mars. Oh, no, not Mars. Yeah, Kit Kats. 28 Kit Kats. So, God is powerful, isn't he? Isn't he amazing? You know, why did he set this off, this explosion, millions of years ago? What's God doing? I don't know. What I do know is when we gather together to pray, to pray it's not, we're not talking about galaxies. We're talking about this place. We're talking about Hatfield, Hertfordshire, United Kingdom, Europe, Earth, whatever else kids put on the bottom. Okay. They called out and he answered. How are we doing? Five more minutes, okay? Praying together does it. Do you want more of God's power? Yes. Well, let's pray together for it then. When we come to those prayer meetings, whenever we pray, like we'll pray on a Sunday sometimes, like we're going to pray in a minute for the Russians, will you call out to God for the power of God to fall? Okay. And finally... Third point, praying when God answers. We've had praying for God's promises, praying for God's intervention, and now finally praying for God's answers. Acts 12, verse 5, already quoted to us, but earnest prayer for him was made by God 
to God by the church. The interesting part about this story, of course, is that God had already answered. They were praying away, and Peter had been released. And they're still praying away. They're getting into this, oh God, send your power. Oh Lord, listen to their threats. Oh Lord, respond, God, please. And all the while, the angels are trying to say, it's been done. It's been done already. But they're not listening. They're away. Oh God, please. They're so concerned about their brother Peter. They're so, so concerned. They have nothing else on their mind except that this man be released from prison. Oh God, do your thing, Lord, do your thing. And God in heaven is probably giggling and thinking, done it. (laughs) And Peter, he has... This release from prison, this angelic release, which he initially thinks is a dream anyway. You know, that's his first response, I'm dreaming. But when he realised he wasn't dreaming, he goes to his house, to this house where there are friends praying. He knows to go there. Why? Because presumably it was a house used by the church. He knew there would be people from the church gathered there and he knew they'd be praying for him. And so he goes... It might be a community group house. It might be Rose's. And Rose's called some people together to pray. It might be a community group house. It might be a house the church as a whole met in. We don't know. But all we know is that there were people gathered there in Mary's house, it says. Oh, I'm on the wrong page. That's why I can't read it. Um, So they would gather together praying. And you know the story, don't you? He went to the house of Mary, uh, the mother of John, and many, many were gathered there and were praying. And when he knocked at the door, the servant girl answered, yeah? The servant girl goes running to answer the door. I always have in my mind that she goes downstairs, that they were in an upper room. Maybe I'm getting confused with chapter one. Does that say that here? No. Anyway, she went to open the gate. So she ran outside to the gate in the courtyard, okay? She runs, and there's Peter. You know, she opens the the little... Oh, it's Peter. Oh, it's Peter. And she knows they're praying for Peter's release upstairs. No exciting. (laughs) And she runs back up, having seen Peter. And she says to them, He's downstairs. He's down. He's down. He's, he's, He's there. And they all say, no, we're still praying. It must be his angel. You've seen a ghost. Whatever, shut up. Oh, God, release this man. Ah, 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 please, you know, he's downstairs. Oh, God, release. Shut up. Go away. Oh, God. And then Peter gets fed up and bangs on the door. Peter continued knocking. 
You know, Jesus has said, persevere in prayer. So they're persevering in prayer. Oh, Lord, come with your power. And Peter is banging on the door, persevering in knocking. Eventually, they let him in. Oh, wow. Answer to prayer. And discover that while they were praying, he was being released. You know, God answers prayer. Sometimes it takes what we view as a long time. Sometimes, you know, people used to teach when I was young that you didn't have unanswered prayer, you just asked the wrong question. God always answers prayer, but you don't always ask the right question. Well, I think this was the right question, don't you? Oh, God, release Peter. Don't think there's any... And there's no question it was the right question. God answers prayer. Do you believe it? I want us now just to pray for the Russians again. And we're going to call out to God to bring revival to Russia. Okay? It may happen tomorrow. It may be happening now, this Sunday morning. Who knows? It may be weeks, months, or years. But God hears us. When we pray together, there is a power in our praying together. As Sergei demonstrated, the light that comes from several matches is considerably stronger than the light from one although the light from one can be seen in heaven. And we're not denigrating or diminishing you praying yourself. But when we pray together, God is delighted to answer. Let's stand. Okay, so we're only going to pray for a moment or two, so don't panic that I'm going to ask you to pray for 15 minutes now. We're just going to pray for a moment or two. All right, now there's, you can ask God to send his spirit. You can ask God to give uh, salvation to lots of people. You can mention particular cities, if you like, like Vladivostok or, you know, Siberia, an area. You can say, Lord, bring, bring your power into these places. I'm just giving you suggestions now as to what you pray out loud. Okay? And just be as loud as you're comfortable with. I'm not going to press you to shout. I'm just going to press you to be as loud as you're comfortable with. So let's start to pray.